everyone, welcome to Buckle Up Podcast. I'm Natalia Earl and I'm a certified business and life coach that loves talking to people. I'm fascinated by humans and how our brain works. What is it that makes a decision good or bad and how does that decision ultimately shape our path and destiny? Everyone loves to talk about success, but what about the flip side? How about adversity? Failure is such a big and often necessary part of life and it's simply unavoidable. So I invite you to join me on this inspiring, honest, unpolished interview show with breathtakingly real conversations that go deep on setbacks and hardships that are part of the puzzle that ultimately lead to growth, discovery of inner greatness, and what makes us resilient. Grab your helmet and buckle up, people. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but what a ride it will be. Today's episode is brought to you by Sobe Promos. Are you looking for a way to spice up your marketing campaigns? Let the experts at Sobe Promos help you pick the perfect promotional product to reach your target audience. You guys, I get all my marketing materials from them and I get like a kid in a candy store. If you can put a logo on it, Sobe Promos can make it happen. Honestly, they make all my dreams come true. They're firm believers that your giveaways don't have to suck and they want to help you nail your next marketing effort. Use code BUCKLEUP for your 20% off at SobePromos.com. That's S-O-B-E promos.com or let them guide you through the process by emailing sales at SobePromos.com. Oh, and tell them Natalia sent you. Today we are back with this year's Texas Land Commissioner candidate, Victor Avila. He's a retired supervisory special agent with the U.S. Immigration and Custom Enforcement with over 20 years of experience. He's an author of a book, Agent Under Fire, A Murder and a Manifesto. While on assignment in Mexico, Special Agent Avila suffered multiple gunshot wounds and survived a violent ambush by the Los Zetas drug cartel. Unfortunately, his partner, Special Agent Jaime Zapata, was killed. Mr. Avila has been recognized for excellence in law enforcement and has received multiple various awards and honors. He's an advocate for border security, immigration reform, and human trafficking awareness. Hello, Victor. Thank you so much for being here again. We are so excited to have you. Always great to be back with you. Thank you so much. Congratulations. You decided this year to run for the Texas Land Commissioner. Tell us a little bit, what is the role of the commissioner and how long is the term? Great question. What I've found out as I go around the campaign trail, a lot of people don't know what this office is, even in Texas. It's kind of an obscure office, yet it's so, so important. And once I tell you what this office does, you're going to think, how in the world do people not know about it? And that's one of the reasons why I'm running. So this office primarily overlooks the Texas land, 13 million acres of public land in Texas. So this is the the oldest office in the state of Texas. This office was created before there was a governor office, Mm -hmm. and it was created to defend Texas and its land and its property. It still continues to do that because Texas has a lot of natural resources, oil and gas, mineral rights. We continue to explore those, even though the Biden administration wants to stop us from using our own natural 
resources. We continue to do that, not just on our land, but also in the Gulf that pertains to Texas as well and offshore, offshore drilling. So those resources then are distributed to several programs around Texas. And the number one program that the resources goes to is called the Permanent School Fund, PSF. Billions of dollars that is resourced from this office goes to our school systems, our public school systems, uh, universities, and all levels of public schools for buildings and other projects. That's one of them. The other one is veteran benefits. This office oversees veteran benefits at the state level for housing placement benefits also that has to do with putting them in line to the VA system, uh, education uh, programs as well. The number one you know, reason I ran is because, as you know, in my, my background, I'm very, very concerned about what's happening on the border. The, this office is called the General Land Office. The General Land Office has uh, already, the ex- existing one, an existing commissioner has teamed up with the governor and started really focusing on the border. As you can imagine, the border here in Texas, it is wide open. It is just out of control. And I'm going to share more stuff about that because I just came back from spending five days there, went to six counties around the border. And boy, let me tell you, it is not good news to share. But this office oversees that land, that public land that touches our border. So I'm going to concentrate on that. I'm going to concentrate on that land to finally put some barriers, call it a wall, call it a fence, infrastructure, roads, lighting, technology, anything and everything that we can to reduce the flow of the illegal activity that's coming right now. Right now, there is absolutely no stopping. There is wide open. Uh, I'm not exaggerating when millions of people are literally the ones that are turning themselves in and the ones that are just we call them runners, are being smuggled by the cartel. Just yesterday, they caught a tractor trailer in the back full with over 60 uh, adults, adult males in the back, packed like sardines, down in Dimmit County, Texas, which is South uh, Texas. This happens Mm -hmm. on a continuous basis over here. We have stash houses, over 200 stash houses in the Laredo area, Border security is not just illegal immigration. It's not just the people. That's obviously one of the main issues, but it's the criminal element and the criminal activity attached to that. I understand even if it's some people that just want to come here for a better life and they're just what we call economic migrants, I understand the difference. But the problem is we have some very, very bad people commingled or just coming out into the United States from 150 different counties. So forget Mexico, forget Central America. We're talking about people from Bangladesh, from Syria, from Yemen, from Russia, from Ukraine, from Afghanistan, from Pakistan. So you get the picture. This is a national security issue. It's a public safety issue that, frankly, the Biden administration will not address. They just completely are ignoring. I was just down there. And let me tell you, I'm like, what is going on here? You saw just recently in the news where Border Patrol agents are speaking up and they're challenging their own chief of uh, of a sector, their own chief of Border Patrol, the Secretary of Homeland Security. They know exactly what's going on. 
They could end it right now as you and I speak, but they are not doing it. They don't want to do it. People ask me why. I don't know why we have police officers being killed at the hands of illegal aliens just last week in Houston, a week and a half ago up in Mesquite, Texas. Uh, We have criminal element prior deports. These are individuals that have been in our country, in the U.S., committed serious crimes, sex offenses, drug offenses, violent offenses. They get deported back or they're all coming right back undetected. Some the Border Patrol can detect and stop and they do, which is a great job. But guess what? They send them back and then they come right back a different day. And because Border Patrol is so overwhelmed, forget Mm -hmm. the being overwhelmed with the family units and, and the kids. It's not even that anymore. It's that they're not allowed to send people back to Mexico. They are told you have to let them in. You have to let them in. And I was down there in McAllen last week seeing Haitians come in into Catholic charities, this NGO that's highly suspect, allowing them and processing them. And then there you go. Go to the bus station. Go to the airline. As you know, you're in Florida. Go to Florida. Go to Pennsylvania. Go to New York. Go to Colorado. Go to Wisconsin. Every corner of our country, coast to coast, they are ending up there. And and I'm getting the calls already. And they're saying, Victor, we're impacted. Our schools are being impacted now. All of a sudden, we got 30 new kids. That's a classroom. Right. 30 new uh, of kids that barely speak Spanish, forget English. And they have a lot of issues. They don't have any of the regular checkups. They have a lot of health issues that have never been checked in their country. And all of a sudden, our U.S. citizen children are pushed aside and they made room for the illegal alien kids and they take over. It's a big, big problem. So it's not just the criminal justice system. Yes, there's a lot of crime. The school systems are being impacted. And of course, the healthcare systems with our doctors and hospitals. And there's no end in sight because the Biden administration won't do anything about it. Right. Yes, I have few friends that actually work for CBP and they tell me that they're literally ordered to stand down. There is nothing they can do. Like they're ordered to stand down. And some of my friends from Mexico keep saying that even Mexico is a mess because now they have all these people from all over the world that are just camping in Mexico or not going back. And even Mexico doesn't know what to do with them. That's exactly right. Mexico has a big problem right now. So let's start with the cartels. The cartels Mm -hmm. are running that country. The politicians have lost control uh, in Mexico of their policy. Now they're responding to what the cartels want. This is big. They don't have control of their own administrative duties. They then have to respond to the cartels and the cartels want the people to come through. But you're absolutely right. They're getting all these people. But I don't understand. Mexico has incredible laws when it comes to immigration, but they just will not deport them from Mexico to Brazil, to China, to wherever these individuals come from. They can if they wanted to, but they just don't do it. Instead, they give them a pass, which is a little slip that says you have 30 days to leave the country. Well, of course, they're going to go straight to the U.S.-Mexico border. And right now they're going to Texas and through Arizona. And it's a mess. And yes, different countries, men, women and children. Before we were stopping at least the adult single males and we were saying, hey, you're a single adult male. You're getting sent back. You're not a family unit. You don't have a kid with you. 
Not anymore. They're allowing them all in. And some of them are not even being processed. That means they're not even being checked. There's no vetting. There's no fingerprints. It is a national security issue. We have individuals. We have already have documentation of terrorists, terrorists mm-hmm. coming through Mexico because you and I know it's wide open. And so, so do the terrorists. Right. And so they've been sending their people. They have camps down there from individuals from the Middle East, what we call special interest countries, have their special interest individuals come in. They're being very patient in Mexico and trying to navigate. They shave their beards. They learn a little bit of the Spanish language and they infiltrate themselves as Mexican nationals or Central Americans and get into Mm -hmm. the United States. But that's the difference there is we don't know what their intention is. We don't know what they want to do when they get here. Uh, Just about three weeks ago, Mexico released a a terrorist from uh, Yemen on the FBI terror watch list. And instead of calling FBI, Homeland Security, no, they just released them like anybody else. And this guy's loose somewhere in Mexico. We don't know where he's at. And this is the big problem that we face uh, on our border because it's not just the state of Texas. It's the rest of the country. I'm getting a lot of support for my run as Texas land commissioner from outside of the state of Texas because people are telling me, Victor, you guys need to do something in Texas right? because whatever you do down there is going to affect us in the long run. It's already affecting us. We want it to give us a positive effect. And, and I will. I'm the only one running that has uh, the, that experience on the ground to do something about the border. This office also oversees crisis management, which is very important when we have hurricanes and uh, tornadoes. They have teamed up with FEMA I have worked with FEMA as a Homeland Security Special Agent. That's the first thing we do. We respond to these natural disasters. I responded to uh, Hurricane Katrina in 2005. So I know how to deal with crisis management on the ground from security to Mm -hmm. placement to vetting. What are you going to do with people that are uh, displaced all of a sudden? And I know how to manage that. And no one else, frankly, brings that experience. And, uh, And also... The negotiation that this office oversees, I, as a diplomat in Mexico, diplomat in Europe, have negotiated many deals with those governments that have the best interest of the United States at hand. And in this case, I'm putting Texas first, I'm putting the United States first, and negotiate, for example, the sale of our land. We sell a lot of our land and we lease a lot of our land to companies that are going to drill and produce these resources, which is fine. But all I'm saying is we have to vet them. We have to check them out. We have a a Chinese national that has ties to the CCP, a billionaire that bought 140,000 acres in Valverde County, which is Del Rio, Texas on the border next to our Air Force Base and Laughlin Air Force Base. How in the world does that happen? 140,000 acres is not chump change. It's not like a little ranch. If you look at it on the map, that's a lot. This guy has ties. The people working with him are Chinese Communist Party that's a direct threat to us because we know China wants to be uh, infiltrating us with buying the land. We know they're in Mexico helping the Mm -hmm. cartels with all the chemicals for the fentanyl, the methamphetamine. They produce all those uh, precursors and chemicals and the cartels continue to produce these counterfeit pills. And we have the record number of fentanyl overdoses. The methamphetamine, let me tell you, is a big problem because the meth is related a lot to the crime on the street. And we have this surge in crime around not just Texas, but the rest of the country. 
and a lot of it is directly related to the math problems. As you can see, border security is a big, big problem, big issue that affects a lot of uh, industries, a trade. It has a, a lot of big issues. It's not just illegal immigration, but uh, I think I'm the one that brings the best expertise to be able to tackle it uh, firsthand. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely need someone with your expertise there. And like you said, you know all of it, you know, from all the angles. So with your experience, I think you will change so many things to better everything. But what do you think? Why is this happening? Why is this allowed by Biden administration? What are they trying to achieve? What's the plan? Especially after two days ago, the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, was caught on microphone saying that he knows. He knows that this has never happened before. He knows that they're allowing illegal aliens in. They know this. They, they are blatantly and purposefully allowing this to happen. And I asked myself the same question. Why? Why would you risk the lives of police officers, of U.S. citizens to be hurt by illegal aliens? We have enough crime already in our country to deal with. What is the purpose? Is it to fundamentally change our country? Or is it something as cynical as they still hate Trump? They, right. they hate Trump so much that one man that they are going to destroy the United States of America out of spite. Right. And I'm telling you, I was kind of kidding around with uh, when I was having this conversation a few days ago. And I thought, it can't be. Is it? Is it? They're not going to give him a win. They're not going to say that he was right. They would rather destroy and have people killed and have women raped uh, in Mexico, the stash houses, the human trafficking. Uh, I haven't even talked about that, the, the child trafficking. You'd rather put all these people through all that and make billions of dollars for the cartels because you hate one man. Oh, my goodness. If this is the, the reason why, we are in big trouble. But uh, we can't afford three more years of it. This is not sustainable. I'll, I'll give you examples. The Remain in Mexico policy. Mm -hmm. It should have been in effect since August of last year. That means that people remain in Mexico or their home country to seek asylum because we know that most of these individuals do not qualify. Simple as right. that. It's our own laws that we passed. We're not abiding by our own laws. Title 42 for the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to just be on the line on the river and tell them you cannot come in because of the pandemic. But they're not doing it. They're allowing them in. You and I have to go through all the, you know, you, you have to put on a mask, the vaccine, all these things. Yet, if you're an illegal alien, it doesn't apply to you. You just come in. And this administration ignores that. They ignore immigration law. They ignore a lot of laws that is lawlessness is the only way I could think about it. And the only way is that it's because of politics. You're mm -hmm. going to destroy a country because of a political view, this should be a protection of our sovereignty as the United States of America, of all of us should protect the sovereignty in our borders. And that's why I'm stepping up to at least protect Texas sovereignty uh, and go forward from there. Everything that's happening in the border, it's just unimaginable. It truly is. And I know you have been traveling a lot throughout Texas and interviewing yes. a lot of people and learning so much more of what's happening. So what are the changes that you plan to make for Texas? Oh, my God. So this is the, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be a change agent. That's what I'm going to be with this office. First of all, the citizens of Texas are going to know who their Texas land commissioner is. And I'm going to be very visible. I'm going to be very vocal. And I'm going to do things that have never been done. 
just like I did in my career. In my career, a lot of times I was told, Victor, we can't do that investigation. We can't do it. I like to think outside the box. I like to think of mm. other ways of approaching things. And this office has the great capabilities of doing that. And it has great jurisdiction, great authority. So let's exercise it, right? Number one is on the border, day one, I'm going to go do an assessment down there. I've already kind of already started that on my own as a private citizen. I just came back and met with the private landowners, the ranchers who meet up with our Texas public land. And I want to say, well, what do you want me to do here on your property? A lot of the owners are telling me, Victor will donate the land to the state of Texas. Put something there, please. Put a barrier, put lights, put something because we need to stop the flow of the traffic that's coming here. They're tired of the properties being destroyed. Their fences are cut and their cattle and their farms and they're, they're losing. It's money for them. That's, this is their livelihood. Plus, they have armed cartel members walking around in their property in the Texas side. And they're like, we, we have guns in Texas, but we're not going to shoot this guy. If we shoot this guy and kill him, we're going to have the wrath of the cartel come over and kill our whole family. They're afraid in their own right. home. That's the number one thing I'm going to do. Second, uh, I'm going to think outside the box. And, and the second thing I want to do is very important. And I'm going to set it up from day one is I want to take my lieutenant governor and governor to Mexico. You heard me right. I'm going to take them to Mexico. We're going to set up a meeting in Mexico and we're going to talk to our neighbors. Whether you like it or not, Mexico's there. They're not going away. And believe me, I know I worked there. You know, you know my story. I I was almost Mm -hmm. killed by the cartels. It'll be 11 years this month. I know how it's like. I know the corruption. We have no choice. There's not an ocean there. It's a sovereign country and we must engage them just like you would your neighbor. If the dog kept on jumping over the fence or those tree branches were hitting your face every time you came out. At one point, you have to go talk to your neighbor. But I don't see that happening. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about going over there and exploring the root causes. I know the causes. <laughs> I know right. the causes of what's going on. The causes is Mexico's doing nothing about it. And mm-hmm. we need to get them to engage and say, listen, you need to do something in your country because all these individuals that are coming through Mexico are also illegally present in your country. How about we help you build a wall on the southern border of Mexico and Guatemala and Belize? How about we put it there? Maybe we stop the flow down there to help us over here in the United States. There's a lot of things that we could do, but we must talk to them. What is it that going to do when the, the Texas land commissioner and the governor and the lieutenant governor go to Mexico? It's going to wake up the Biden administration. They're not going to like it. And there's no rule. There's no law that says that we can't go talk to anybody and we will go talk to them. And that's what I want to do. I also am going to expand the uh, benefits to our veterans. I just got back and there's a brand new facility for illegal aliens built down there in South uh, Laredo in between Laredo and Zapata County. Beautiful state of the art, these white tents. But let me tell you, it's not, a. I mean, it's a tent, but it's beautiful. Running water, plumbing, electricity, air conditioning, heated is great, beautiful conditions. They're not meant for you or me or any other U.S. citizen, no veteran, no homeless. They are for people that are not from this country. And I frankly have had enough of that. I want to build the facility for our veterans that are on a street, that are mm-hmm. homeless, that have, do not have their paperwork in order. I don't want to build a VA. No, 
I want to build a processing facility. Just like this is this processes illegal aliens. I want to process right. our veterans, bring them in, get their paperwork in order, get them situated and set them through the VA process and get them going. That's what we need to do. That was in Laredo, Texas. And a businessman said, you know, I have a building here. So maybe we don't have to build a facility. We may just have to use buildings that are already there and maybe donate to the state. All you have to do is I find out is talk to the people, be down there, visit with them. And I want to have at least several of those facilities around the state of Texas to finally help get our veterans off the street. I was in front of Catholic charities, and you guys have heard of this place down in McAllen, Texas, that really are aiding and abetting and allowing all these illegal aliens to come through and they feed them, they clothe them, they give them money. The homeless outside, one of them was a veteran, were not allowed in. And it was freezing cold, raining, and they were begging to please go inside for the night. And Catholic Charity says, no, you're not allowed to come in because they're U.S. citizens. Are you kidding me? Oh, but right in front of us, people from Haiti speaking Creole were coming in. People from Venezuela, come on in. People from Argentina, people from Africa, come on in. And our own veterans that were hungry, cold, you cannot come in. And the Catholic Charities place would not allow them. And I'm thinking this is, this is upside down and backwards. This is wrong. I will change that. I will change that immediately. I also want to be able to build state-sponsored cemeteries for our veterans. We don't have enough to put them to rest in rural parts of Texas, which is a little bit more challenging. We have to work with the counties and then the municipalities because they're the ones that run those cemeteries to be able to build some of these cemeteries because sometimes they're over 100 miles away. They don't have anywhere to bury their, our, our veterans who have served and protected us all these years. As you can see, there's a lot to do here. Plus, mm-hmm. this is the big one. The money that goes to the permanent school fund that I mentioned, you know what's going on in our schools is this critical race theory in Texas too, and Dallas uh, Independent School District and all these school districts continue to want to teach this, you know, Marxist indoctrination to our kids. And I'm thinking, well, why is the state of Texas continuing to fund them if they will continue to teach this garbage? So I'm going to do everything that I can to stand in front of the money and I will challenge that money. And I'll say, Mm -hmm. well, maybe we don't send you all the money that you used to get and that'll get their attention. A lot of these districts around the state of Texas do not want to listen to the, what the governor says. For example, the mask mandate that the governor here in Texas says, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. But Dallas ISD says you have to. So they ignore the governor. Well, maybe we cut the funding because you don't want to follow orders. And you know what? Right. The Biden administration doesn't follow any orders anyway. We have to think outside the box here. And enough yeah. of this, you know, it's been like this all the time, Victor. This is the way we do it. You know, that talk. Uh, This is a pass-through office. That's not going to be with me. I'm going to work this office to the fullest extent that I can. Yes, absolutely. Because you have traveled so much and interviewed so many people, what is the one thing that really has surprised you? What have you learned that you had no idea existed? Kind of troubling is that no longer do I see the people coming to the United States do not want to be American. Mm -hmm. They don't want to come to this country and be Americans. They're coming here for the advantage uh, and for the entitlements. They want to be given the freedoms, the money, the housing, the healthcare, the education, but they don't want to assimilate to our country. And you know how important that is. I wrote that word in my book because it's important if you want to come here, 
you want to, first of all, you should want to come here to become an American and assimilate to our culture, whatever that is. If it's pizza and hot dogs, that's what it is. But you assimilate to us, family, God, hard work. That's the basis of how this country was built. But unfortunately, I'm seeing a lot of these people from all over the world want to have their country here in the United States. I want Afghanistan here. I want Guatemala here. I want Mexico here. I want Chile here. I want Venezuela here. It doesn't work that way. You can't have your cake and eat it too. What happens is it becomes very segregated when they come into these communities. You've already seen this around. Look at Minneapolis. They don't talk to their neighbors. Nobody talks to each other anymore. They, they stay isolated in their own communities and they're not integrated with the local school system. They're not integrated with going to the school board meetings, to the city council meetings, to the county commissioner meetings. That's probably the biggest change that I've seen is the attitude also and what they're coming like. They're more entitled, like, you need to give me, you owe me some, some right. type of attitude. I'm like, where did that come from? Well, it came from the Biden administration when they rolled out the red carpet. Wow, that's just incredible because this is truly a land of opportunities. And I love this country. You know, there is a reason why I immigrated here, but there is nothing given to you. You have to work no. hard. You have to adopt. You have to learn the language. You have to understand how the system works. This whole expectations of everything is given to me. And it's so unfair to our own citizens, that's our right. own veterans that don't have those uh, benefits themselves. Well, I, I always tell people, you're looking at the product of the American dream. Uh, I'm a first generation American. My, my parents came here legally. And not only that, they assimilated to this country. They worked hard. They were successful in what they wanted to do. They uh, integrate themselves in the community and the church. And they uh, wanted something better for their kids. And they did. And I want the same for my kids and my kids for their kids. And there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is, It requires a lot of hard work. We didn't depend on anybody giving us anything. It was a, a matter of working hard and getting there. And we're talking about from lower class, you know, with my parents with less education. Uh, my sister and I are the first ones to graduate from college. My daughter already graduated from college and she'll probably go into higher education. That's what we want, right? We want to better and educate our children to be better and more successful than we are. That's the whole premise. And so I'm very proud. After I went through what I went through uh, 11 years ago in Mexico and almost died, it makes you realize that, boy, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be an American. I'm very fortunate whether you came here also as a naturalized U.S. citizen, that you're very fortunate to have been able to do that because no other country in the world would give you this type of opportunity to do it. Yes, absolutely. I definitely agree with you. So where can the listeners find you and how can they support you? Please go to VictorAvilaTX.com, Victor, A-V-I-L-A-T-X.com. That's my campaign website. Your donations are welcome from anywhere that you're at. We're, we're here to protect Texas. And obviously with that, we protect the rest of the country. These Campaigns cost a lot of money. And that's why you realize why a lot of people don't run for office. There's a lot of good people out there that should be in office, but are not because it is hard. You have to do a lot of things. I have a campaign manager, fundraising manager. It is a system that you have to do, go by. And unfortunately, this system requires a lot of money, name recognition and all that. So we're trying to get some ads. We're trying to get some TV time to get through the whole state of Texas. I've only been able to cover so much. 
Texas is a very, very big state and I've been driving a lot and I'll be driving uh, later on this afternoon to Abilene, Texas. And I asked the viewers, go to victoravila.tx.com, donate what you can. It is very helpful. I'm honored to have it. That'll put me through this month of February as our primary uh, election is March 1st. Wonderful. And do you think that's like the biggest adversity for the campaigns or any campaign is the money and where the money's coming from, right? You also have to be aware of that. Is that an issue as well? Yes, that's probably the hardest part. The campaign is, uh, I, you know, I meet with the, I could do everything I can. I was just on Newsmax this morning. I work as much as I can to do as much as I can. But the money brings in the advertising, the mailers, the media that costs a lot of money. And that's the hardest part. And yes, we do look at who's donating. For me, it's the people. It's the grassroots. We've been able to maintain this campaign because of the support that we've gotten from people like you that have supported me. And that is incredible. But other than that, you know, unless there was somebody weird out there that was trying to donate money for a, a nefarious reason, we haven't got any of that. I have a lot of good support from the grassroots efforts and the people behind me. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and information. And we are so excited. Hopefully, you know, we'll have I know, I know we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to the runoff in March. We predict that it'll be the top two of us uh, in the Republican primary. We'll move forward to what they call a runoff or break the tie in May. And I would love to come back when we are in the runoff. But we have incredible momentum. Tarrant County is uh, one of the biggest counties in Texas. I won the straw poll a week and a half ago there. There's really good uh, indicators here. People are behind me. They're getting behind me. It's just that the money keeps me going to be able to pay for really what we want is to get some really good advertising on there. And the TV ads are probably the best way to do it. Wonderful. Thank you again, Victor. Best of luck to you. Thank you, you, Natalia, for everything. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking this ride and spending part of your day with me. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And if it inspired or impacted you in any way, and if you got anything helpful out of it, don't forget to subscribe. It would mean so much to me if you left a quick review and shared this podcast with others on your social media platforms. And of course, don't forget to tag us. Stay true to yourselves, friends. Until next time. Adiós. Arrivederci.